there's a new sexy rabbit in town. Sorry, Velveteen and Peter. We're talking Who Framed Roger Rabbit on today's... We're not affiliated with Netflix. Welcome to Kid Flicks, the podcast where adults try to definitively rank every kid's movie ever made. I'm your host, Ross Wiseman, and this show is not for kids, so turn this off and flirt with the school nurse to get extra (laughs) band-aids. I never did that. Actually, one time I went to the nurse uh, because I felt like I was going to throw up, and she said, really? The school day is going to be over soon. Like, do you just want to lie down? And I didn't know there was an option, and I took a two-hour nap. Uh, <laughs> my guest today, uh, he is the host of the Full Belly Laughs podcast. I've been on it several times. It's a great time. You should listen. Uh, give it up. It's Brian Durkin. How are you doing, Brian? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, we're <laughs> The reason the episode sounds nice this week <laughs> is uh, we're actually recording on uh, uh, Brian's stuff. Uh, we just recorded an episode uh, of his podcast, which will be out in two weeks. And I uh, just want to give a quick lowdown on uh, what your podcast is all about. Sure, yeah. So, Full Belly Laughs, uh, the tagline is when food meets funny, but it's really like a dinner party meets board game night. So, you will hear me and one other person, maybe a group of people, discuss something food or drink related, you know, like which kind of cookie is best milkshakes versus smoothies coffee versus tea what's the best cheesesteak all stuff like that and then we cap off the evening and the hangout with some party games stuff that would make sense on an audio show that's true yeah i remember um i pitched to you uh when we were like just getting acquainted like almost two years ago i think at this point oh wow and uh um i was saying oh it'd be cool to do settlers of Catan," and you were like yeah that makes no sense for uh, a podcast but i love the enthusiasm yeah Oh, I'm glad that I uh, communicate the enthusiasm because, <laughs> yeah, it's funny that you're not the first person to be like, you should. I don't know if you've gotten this on Kidflix, but people will like pitch you ideas and it's like it's it is an art to kindly be like that would not work. But I, yeah, I do love I hear your support. And excitement for what I'm doing. Oh, yeah. It's super. I, I got an email months ago, and I, I'm not sure. I don't have the name of the person on me, but uh, I do want to say thank you because I do appreciate you. Uh, this guy sent me a like a list of maybe 15, 20 movies uh, that he thought would be fun to review on the podcast. And I responded. I tried to respond in a, in a nice way. And I was like, I, I'd love to. I mean, so I just kind of let my guests choose. But I mean... If they come up, I'll totally give you a shout out. And I'm actually... Or if I didn't come to you with a movie, oh, you yeah. could have pulled from that list. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, though. Everybody gets very excited, and they're like, oh, I'm so nostalgic for this. And I'm like, oh, I mean, do what you want. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I also have a... We can talk about it later, but I have another podcast launching. So right now, I'm in a time crunch. So it was imperative for me to not only pick a movie that I knew I would like, but I also didn't... I've seen so many times I wouldn't have to watch again for this podcast. <laughs> yeah. And this is actually crazy. So I just looked, I, I found the email. Uh, the The guy's name is uh, Thomas. Thomas, I, I'm listening to you. We're actually discussing number one on his, on his list, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. We yeah. also, we already talked about uh, some of the things that he listed. We just did Coraline uh, last mm. week. We did the Muppet movie a while ago. And also next week we're going to be doing... Uh, another one on his list and Thomas if you have not given up on the podcast you, uh, <laughs> you just wait and see for that one uh, but yeah so today we are talking about uh, who framed Roger Rabbit uh, it's a classic um, uh, a lot of people say that it kind of ushered in kind of the Disney renaissance and kind of a different newfound love for animation so tell me a little bit about uh, your history with it and why uh, you wanted to talk about it today so I have I don't have a uh, an exact memory of the first time I saw it but I just I have a vivid memory of my first experience with it I know that's very vague but I'll explain <laughs> Uh, weird if you didn't just like uh, yeah <laughs> and next I, question. I don't have memories i have experiences <laughs> so my dad used to travel a lot for work and we, sometimes depending on the situation we would travel with him as like a faux vacation because my mom when they were still together was a stay-at-home mom so he was doing some kind of training for work in like virginia some hee hall state that like a seven-year-old doesn't care about at all <laughs> and we were just we basically there was nothing to do like maybe 
after he was done his training at the end of the weekend we were going to get to like go to williamsburg pa or something <laughs> random not pa so that wouldn't have been a vacation but anyway <laughs> a vacation we're going to arlington again <laughs> yeah uh so most of the part we were just hanging out at the um the grounds for this like homewooded in suites or whatever right so there's a pool and whatnot but i'm not like a big I'll do outdoorsy things since I'm a kid and I'm, I'd rather do anything than be bored. But the pool got old like real fast after like a day or two. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's well, that's the hardest thing about being a kid. You think, oh man, we're going to a pool party. It's going to be great. And then you get so pruny and I have this very vivid memory. And we'll get back to your story. <laughs> <laughs> I just had this memory that uh, I had a, uh, my friend had a pool party uh, at a pool. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. and I remember trying to eat snacks and my hands were like all wet uh so like i was trying to eat chips and like the the salt was sticking to my fingers and the chip was getting soggy and i was just like i just want to eat this chip (laughs) and i like that's so little kid because it's like you can't pause for a second and be like i should dry my hands yeah (laughs) i was just like i just got out of the pool i'm freezing time to eat some lays yeah Uh, (laughs) <laughs> I, I became friends with like some stranger at the pool and we like played pretend in the kiddie pool and we were gonna hang out and then i never got his contact info so mm. but I, so the it's pool tough. got early it got yeah, old so the pool got old and luckily this uh hotel situation they had some kind of like uh vhs library where it's like they this was back when like blockbuster was a thing and it was like considered uh, a premium if a hotel had its own like video library that is pretty cool it, it was very cool for the time for sure i mean like now it's like standard that every hotel room has something you can like order on demand but ima- like this but like imagine if like in a hotel room you just had like a collection of like 15 dvds like they could be just kind of like eh, just semi-popular movies from the past 10 years yeah, that would be dope this was not that case you, okay. had, you actually had to pay money to like rent them and stuff oh so it was kind of like if you went down to the lobby and you bought like snacks like late at night but i mean it's better than just like flipping cable channels which True. me and my like five-year-old brother like don't want to watch any late night you know so like <laughs> they're you know we're not gonna watch days of our lives or anything so it was a godsend in a sense to like kind of shut us up and they had this movie who framed Roger Rabbit. And of course their selection was so limited, right? It's like a wall, not even. And <laughs> yeah. by a wall, I mean like a two by four or something, you know, it's, it's like, like they bought a bookshelf, realized no one wanted the books. Correct. So they're like, cool. So now they just happen to have some movies and we watched it and I was just blown away. And like, as a kid, I was like, it just blew my mind animation and live action together besides the movie just being a great movie in itself just that concept i was just floored and literally every day i just re-rented the movie and i watched it at least once a day like for like a week i I might have seen it like eight times (laughs) that's like me uh except when i was a kid i went to blockbuster and i fell in love with the movie quirky romano (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay <laughs> which was the big chris Catan vehicle after yes. snl where i don't even remember i could not tell you a single detail of the movie he was like a mob guy he like accidentally became part of the mob and i remember i rented it from blockbuster i watched it two or three times and uh my parents were so sick of hearing it that they just put it on a high shelf <laughs> <laughs> and corky romano was gone yeah my my parents were kind of used to me just watching things on repeat like i apparently i was too young to know this but my parents love telling the story of my first movie in the theaters as a child like i'm like two or three or whatever is like the land before time and apparently i started crying when it was over not because the movie was finished but that's when i realized that the tape just couldn't be rewound and i could just run it back immediately oh no (laughs) i was like once it was over i was like that was great again and they're like no we have to leave you don't get to see it again i was like that doesn't compute at all. I'm really sad now. Oh, wait, so that so it was the like the original Land Before Time. Yeah, that, wow. I'm I'm old. I'm trying to. There's like, like 27 or something. There's so many. I'm sure there's more than I want to even know about. But yeah, the OG Land Before Time, that was my first movie in the theaters. But anyway, Roger Rabbit's the one that to this day, like if if I happen to have the TV on while I'm doing work, if that's on works over i'm stopping everything Mm -hmm. even if i was cooking dinner like i'm now eating an hour and a half from now i'm just gonna (laughs) sit down 
and watch this movie. It's probably, I, if you put a gun to my head, it's for sure probably the first movie I would say is my favorite movie. I just love it so much, even as an adult. Like, it's never gotten old. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's just a great, I, I, it's so weird to talk about because I'm not sure... I guess, listener, if you haven't seen it before, please stop listening. I'm yeah, definitely going to spoil it. I don't know it. what your deal is. Yeah. Uh, if you know, you don't it came ca- out in the 80s. It's okay. To if you don't care point. about spoilers, then keep listening. Maybe I'll encourage <laughs> you to watch it because it's just, yeah, it's really good. So it's very film noir. There's like this detective. And the neat thing is, the neat thing is, is it's not just animation with live action, but they have like these kind of rules. Basically, the, the they're in Hollywood. And the the what if is what if the cartoons you watch as a kid, that was just like a union of actors that just lived on a part of town that was yep. all animated. And they just like lived in this in the human world like anybody else. Right. It's just a fun what if. And the cool thing that they did is uh, who framed Roger Rabbit is just a case study on how to do animation and live action together because other movies have tried it and it looks like strange hot garbage oh yeah and there's there's a guy there's a youtuber out there that called captain christian it's with k's it's very awkward <laughs> but he does an amazing video essay on who framed roger rabbit pretty much everything I, i'm about to I say think i watched it right before i came here <laughs> if i remember everything i'm probably going to say on this podcast is just going to be a paraphrasing of him yep. if, you, if you want more <laughs> details but the cool thing that this movie did is and I'll, I'm actually going to quote him right now, but he's like, you know, they they filmed it like a real movie because it is a real movie. It's not just some kids movie. Mm-hmm. So like normally, if you want to make sure the live action people and the animation lines up, you like don't move the camera. And there's like tons of tracking shots, and it just like you feel like you're really in this world with the camera moving around, and like the animation seamless. It never feels like the the illustrated characters are like floating around in the background or something wild. So just that attention to detail was, is what makes me keep watching it today. Mm-hmm. You know, as a kid, you're just blown away by the novelty, but the story solid. And then you start thinking about like, you know, there's no Adobe after effects in the eighties. You know what I mean? Like this is, this is a team of people literally just drawing on like film or whatever you know like yeah post-production on this was nearly two years i think i read just because i mean yeah they had to write everything and also paraphrasing that same video that they paid so much attention to detail with like lighting and stuff that yeah they didn't need to do and and again before commuters so they had to like individually layer all these different frames with all these different uh lighting and shading and stuff and I, i i can't think of the i don't remember the first time i watched this movie but i i mean i I've probably watched this so many times because it's kind of just like one of those things that you're at a sleepover or you're at yep. summer camp or something or school. Like, like it's a good movie. The pa- the parents are not going to hate it. And uh, speaking of this, there is so much like uh, adult stuff in it. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, and I, it, it, but it's not like a dumbed down, like little aside for the parents. Like, huh, like a, that looks like a boner. I don't know. I don't know what, uh, <laughs> what jokes yeah. are for parents. Yeah. There's no like, um, secret adult messages like there are in no. some other Disney movies. Like it's, I mean, this is, uh, it, it's a noir movie. So there's like drinking, smoking, uh, people, people curse. There, I think and people uh, they say like crap and ass and stuff. Yeah, and people like theoretically have sex, but they just play patty cake instead. Yeah, that's that's a great guy. <laughs> that's fun. Uh, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, and the, like just kind of stuff like that. That it's like it's insinuating, but it also isn't. It's not uh, like purposefully purposefully going over the the kids' heads, but it's not. Uh, it's it's just kind of treating it as a part of the movie. Yeah, for sure. And like even as a kid, I understood that like patty cake to a certain extent was like, oh, they're like they're doing like adult stuff or something. Yeah, you even as like that's a great point because even as a kid, I understood the betrayal, even though I probably didn't appreciate the joke that it was patty cake. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it is kind of funny thinking back because as a kid, I didn't pick up on it, but the main protagonist, like the detective, like. The fact that he's trying to get over the death of his partner, who is his brother, and he has like a drinking problem and he eventually like kicks drinking is like, that's all like super adult stuff. You know what I mean? And uh, 
it was neat that as a kid I watched it and I was just mesmerized mm-hmm. and that stuff didn't like weigh me down or, or distract. Also interesting that like he stops drinking and then he goes to a cartoon world. Like that's usually <laughs> the other way around True. in like a creative movie about alcoholism. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, but also my one of my favorite jokes in the movie is, uh, oh, I just had the name of the... Uh, 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 Eddie Valiant, the uh, Valiant. Detective I always want to say Valentino or something, but I was wrong. Valiant, it's basically yeah, Eddie Valiant. Yeah. But he, uh, he was in the, uh, um, uh, the, what was it? The Ink and Pen. The it's like a nightclub. Uh, oh yes. Run by Mister Acme, and he he says to a Penguin waiter like, "Oh, I have a scotch on the rocks." And I mean ice. Yeah, yeah. And then he just gets a big rock in his scotch. <laughs> yeah. He's like, okay. But. Yeah. Like, he has to remember he's dealing with tunes. Like, mm-hmm. they can't not not have the joke. One of my, my one of my absolute favorite gags, and to go back to the thing that you were saying with the shading, is the moment when he... Uh, there's a moment where Eddie is handcuffed to Roger Rabbit, who's a cartoon, and... <laughs> Uh, he's trying to saw the handcuffs and Roger Rabbit just like slips out of the handcuffs like no problem. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Eddie like loses his mind and he's like, you could have gotten out of them the whole time. They've been in handcuffs for like 20 minutes of film time. <laughs> it's like a long time. And he's just like, <laughs> and Roger Rabbit says something to the effect of like, well, yeah, I can only escape at like the funniest time i could <laughs> escape <laughs> like the rules of his universe are like only when the joke is at maximum ridiculousness yeah will i have the power to escape it <laughs> which is just such a, like a, i love that rule in that universe it's just like a beautiful moment but there's uh in that sequence when he's trying to saw the uh the handcuffs uh somebody bumps they're in like some back speakeasy room like some secret room from prohibition area and somebody knocks like one of those lights that's like a a oh, big yeah. saucer and it has like grates on it like an interrogation room almost for sure and it's like swinging with this chain and it, like they kind of coined this phrase apparently in the animation studio but it was like they they were trying to push themselves with their craft and they called it like knocking the lights so you figure you know like what ross said where they had to do like seven layers of roger rabbit for his shading well that has to now change with every frame because with every frame the light source that would determine that is swaying back and forth. Yep. And somebody and there's no there's no computers. Like there's no like, oh, we can just like uh assign these anchor points to each other and it'll just do it for us. Like they literally by hand had to like figure that out and it's it's just so incredible. And it's and it's a great testament to when your attention to detail with a craft is that uh exemplary, it it goes unnoticed. Like you watch it and you don't, you don't, you're just so enthralled with the story and how, and how seamless it looks that you don't even realize the man hours that it takes to make it that seamless. Oh yeah. I mean, and, and it's like, that's yeah. When you can just kind of disappear and forget that you're watching a movie. I mean, that's obviously shows success now, like comparing the animation in this to Looney Tunes back in action, which we, we, (laughs) we talked about uh a while ago in november of last year or something and (laughs) like that's uh i believe that was just kind of done computer animation uh just kind of in post after they're uh, while they're filming and it looks fine but i mean they're um you can you i mean this goes back to the age-old debate of like cgi versus practical effects Mm -hmm. and there were like puppeteers on set to kind of float all these saucers and guns and all these things that would later be uh, held and used by cartoon characters, but it just it again it just makes it feel so much more immersive and so and For even sure. the little errors that's kind of what makes it look even more realistic. Meanwhile, with Looney Tunes back in action, <laughs> it's everything's just kind of like uh, color corrected together. So like yeah, there's something about like uh, and, and it's it, too it, smooth, so it's correct. like it it even looks kind of worse because you just you know that it's not real and it's like they're trying too hard to make it almost look real well that was the one of the cool things about roger rabbit is that uh just the rules of the world where it's like you know an illustrated cartoon gun is going to operate different than a gun in like the real world Mm -hmm. so it's like they had to if a tune gets a hold of like a real gun that's a different situation than if they had a cartoon gun so like the fact that they have to shoot it that way because it literally has story implications helps because i guess it pushes them to make it happen Mm -hmm. 
but yeah, there's something about like that older film quality and then like the hand illustration that does make the the vision of those worlds really obvious. I mean, one thing I've been saying to people of recent is, you know, I don't know if anyone has like an Apple TV, but those new like moving landscape shots of like cities and like mountains and stuff. I mean, it's it it looks so gorgeous. I'm like, I I I almost refuse to believe that that's a real <laughs> shot from a helicopter of a city because it's so picture perfect. Yeah. I'm like this almost my brain is like that's too crisp and beautiful to be real like somehow the thing that i'm looking at is realer than my real vision <laughs> and it's, it's awe inspiring and i mean with and i mean as a kid looking at uh, who framed roger rabbit and trying to understand how they did it because because my I, I remember my grandfather told mm. me like oh they they drew like on the film and i was like they drew on the film and in my head i was dumb and i was like oh they like took the like film reel like the little squares and just like colored on it uh, yeah which, that's what i would think too yeah and like come on ross that was dumb <laughs> but it's also i don't i still don't quite i like okay i understand it but it's like i was reading and it was like oh they go through these filters and they capture it this way and i'm like this makes no sense to me yeah i'm sure it's them like uh i'm sure there's a process that makes it so that they don't screw it up they don't have to like reshoot the film if they draw oh, I'm something sure they wrong have a, you know a few copies yeah yeah but that was the whole thing that like they need to be 100 percent done writing the script and filming before they could start animating because you know it's kind of that because uh, they're drawing it in post and exactly. that was one of the cool things that they did too where it's like even when uh an actor or somebody like missed their mark the animators were like aware and sharp enough to like make the tune compensate to make it look normal, mm-hmm. which is cool. Like not, you know, other movies that try to mesh the two together, there's always some kind of like disconnect where it looks like somebody's looking off into space or not like making like the right eye contact. Like in Mary Poppins. Exactly. Like Mary, it's so obvious also, that Mary Poppins is like not in a cartoon world. And we are, we are or, really just paraphrasing this, we are. this video right now. <laughs> Go watch the video instead of listening to this podcast. Yeah. Well, if you like what we're saying, definitely listen yeah. to that if video. If you want to understand it better. <laughs> or see it because it is yeah. beautiful to see it in action. But I will say something that wasn't in that video that was really interesting and I and something that I did enjoy as a kid is Roger Rabbit is a really rare moment where you actually get characters from different animated universes. So it's like like to put it in today's context, there's never going to be a movie where Superman and Spider-Man are in the same movie. Right. Because like t- different studios on the rights and they're from different comic book chains. But like it's equal time for disney characters and looney tune characters like mickey mouse is in this movie and so is bugs bunny like daffy ducks in this movie and so is donald duck and like that is just uh, like even as a kid i'm like whoa like this like that crossover is mind-blowing yeah like that meme of like the, what was the biggest best crossover in history uh not Nicki minaj and bruno mars or whatever <laughs> look over here um i uh this raises a very important question are the Looney Tunes like funny? Yeah, yeah, they are. Fun I discussion. I don't know if I. I don't know if I, agree. <laughs> I think I think we talked about this when we did Looney Tunes back in action, but like the like the the classic Looney Tunes characters, so like Bugs, Daffy, mm-hmm. um, et al., and uh, like the classic uh, uh, Disney characters, so like Mickey, Goofy, uh, and the others. Mm-hmm. I just like. Maybe it's I, I I think comedy has changed so much past like vaudeville and that kind of thing, but I just like don't. Th- <laughs> so I I was never a big Disney animated fan. So as far as like the usual lineup goes, like sure. a Mickey cartoon never did anything for me. But I did really always enjoy Looney Tunes, like Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote, Daffy Duck, like Bugs and Elmer Fudd, and like. Tom and Jerry and Pepe Le Pew, like all that stuff was like right up my alley. Like I probably planted some really important early comedy seeds for me. Cause I am a total sucker for someone that's like, yeah, I'm a pretty awesome guy. And then they like fall out of their chair. You know what I mean? Like, which is like very, I feel like old school, like you're talking about vaudevillian or, or mm-hmm. Looney Tooney. Uh, there is a great Looney Tune cartoon and I can't remember it exactly but like you know daffy duck is 
flipping out at bugs and bugs is you know of course messing with them or something but the the cartoon gets like super meta like at one point like you can see the illustrator like drawing oh, yeah, them yeah. and stuff and that one's really fun i do i do like when it gets that way i think one of my critiques and like i'll say it I've, i'm pretty sure i've said it on the podcast before but if i haven't uh, fuck space jam whoa yeah so okay and here's here's a little bit why and i think i you know i probably discussed this a little bit with uh looney tunes back in action but the whole thing with like looney tunes and like the mickey mouse characters that i was talking about that i mentioned before they were kind of timeless for a little while and then and i think it's just kind of a sign of the times in general but they then jumped into being like hyper relevant and contemporary so like Space Jam is such I watched it not that long ago and it's just like it's it feels like your parents trying to like get in on something that you like because they're all like hey wow we can play basketball and I don't <laughs> yeah. even know what a basketball is and like they're saying basketball in a weird way like to gesture to the audience like uh yeah 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 and like uh I <laughs> I mean it's it's definitely a 90 minute commercial like yes. I'm, I'm I'm fully aware but it's also it's one of those things. It's just it was like a cultural moment. Like it's hard to just put it down in a way because yeah. it, it's it was just such a thing. And I think it also you you were probably more the audience when it came out because I I I couldn't have been I must have been like a baby maybe when it came out. Yeah, I was like eleven. Okay, like I was like about to play like basketball in middle school or something like that. Like it was I was like prime time. So age. did you did you have one of those like shirts where it's like taz holding a basketball or something and probably. he has like a grouchy face yeah on. probably if i didn't i had like the <laughs> school bag or the lunch bell or oh something, yeah you know what i mean yeah because like i i mean this comes as no surprise to anybody but like my brother and i we are not like kind of like sporty people um and like so like a movie about basketball it just didn't really make sense because it's like it's not even a real kind of showcase of the the um the looney tunes it's just kind of like them hanging out with an angry Michael Jordan. <laughs> like I mentioned, kind of the, the Muppets reboot with Jason Siegel is kind of a better mm. execution of that because it's like, it's about the characters, but they have kind of these famous humans kind of helping them along. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I could talk for, I mean, we all know I could talk for a long time about the Muppets. But that's an interesting thing about Roger Rabbit is there really isn't any major star power. It's not, either there isn't that like, here's Tom Cruise coming to save the Looney Tunes day yeah. or whatever. Well, uh, Bill Murray was originally going, uh, was uh, Zemeckis and Spielberg's first choice uh, for, for uh, Valiant. For, yes. Valiant? Wow. For Valiant. But apparently they just like couldn't get in contact with him because Bill Murray is just like, sorry, I was over here. I don't know. Oh, wow. Like so showing up unannounced to someone's like pickup kickball game or something. So weird. Uh, I did want to add one thing to the sharing screen time. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. I had heard that apparently the deal, the reason that they got to use like Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny, what the reason that both studios agreed or both companies that own the right Disney and I guess Warner Brothers, right? They were like, all right, you can have our characters, but as long as we get equal screen time as our competitor. So it's like Mickey can't be on screen longer than Bugs or mm-hmm. something, right? So if you notice, if you, if you go back and watch, anytime there's like characters from either one of their properties, they're always with one from the other one and they have exact same screen time. Yeah, so it's great. Yeah, so like when Eddie's like falling, like Mickey and Bugs show up at the same time and leave <laughs> at the same time. It's like a perfect way to make sure they like couldn't screw up mm-hmm. the count. <laughs> it's like one of those things where it's just like fun on screen, but then when you just figure it out behind the scenes, it just makes it even better. Yeah. Um uh so what do you think is the best uh like cartoon injury? So like they're all like this movie has so many different examples of just like they 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 must have written a list of like every single thing that happens mm. in any kind of uh like golden era of cartoons i was included I, it. I would say the dueling pianos is a lot of good classic ones like slamming the 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 all the lids on your fingers and and, and a teeth kind of, full of keys and a teeth full of key that kind of stuff for sure is classic um you know roger rabbit uh, running out of the office and his silhouette is in the glass. Oh yeah, yeah that's yeah. a great. That's a, not that's a really an injury, but that's a that's a good one. Well, that's the it's uh they well that they're talking about that um uh uh Mr Maroon is saying that like the reason that uh 
cartoons are so popular and why why they will work for whatever is because they you can hurt them so many times and they won't feel it but you can only you can only hurt them hurt them emotionally <laughs> yeah it's true there's this whole thing and i guess that was a weird part of the plot and it kind of gets put together at the end but just how mr maroon set up this whole thing for acme to pretend to cheat on jessica rabbit mm-hmm. to get acme's will it's this whole thing about how the will uh how acme left in his will toontown to all the tunes yep and it just kind of all it all comes together and it well it's it's a it's typical like MacGuffin of like film noir, right? Like you're chasing the like death of this guy, but like, you know, you find out 75% of the way through that that never mattered. Like you were on the wrong path the whole time. So, and Roger wrote his bad love letter to Jessica rabbit on, uh, on the will. will. Yeah. 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 But of course, Acme's will is written in like invisible ink. And Mm -hmm. there's all these, you know, which they did. That's the one thing. This movie is, was very good at kind of, putting things in there just as gags but then they ended up being significant later like, and i love that stuff yeah and it, it that it's something that because you can usually point out in a in a lot of movies like oh that's gonna come back later or like yeah whenever you watch a john oliver segment and he's like here's a weird video you're like oh he's gonna bring that back but like live or something later yeah 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 but th- this movie does a great job and in kind of in the tradition of a lot of those noirs where it's just, yeah, it's simple and it's just kind of a one-off gag, but it ends up being significant in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. It's, yeah, you're you're still getting immersed in the world and it's just like this, yeah, like you said, this gag where like somebody gets sprayed with invisible ink and then it just it's, it's just great screenwriting where it's like they really trick you into absorbing this knowledge they need you to have in order for like the ending to work. But it's not as obvious as like, the character puts the gun down on the table and we look at it for a minute. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, okay, we're clearly going to pick up that gun later. <laughs> cause yeah. Cause I mean, you don't need to talk down to it. I mean, you sometimes do. Uh, but I mean, it's, I just hate that in so much when it's the, I don't get a chance to kind of figure something out. Yes. As a viewer, I'm just like, okay, this is, I, this is what I'm given. I get it now. And it is an art. Cause it's like, you don't want to, beat the audience over the head with the setup that they need for the ending because they'll predict the ending but you don't want to make it so subtle that they're like wait what and then feel cheated that about the ending like you know what i mean like this yeah. and that's it i guess that's the the beauty of uh, sprinkling those seeds in the beginning of a comedy is if the joke is strong enough then you know the audience won't forget it but yet since you made them laugh they're already kind of like off kilter to like realize that like a Chekhov's gun is, t- mm-hmm. is happening not a Chekhov's cartoon gun because that would just have a little bang noise uh, bang banner on it <laughs> yeah, bang um, banner yeah <laughs> uh, that's weird I've never said that out loud I'm like I, that's technically right but I don't like it agree uh, yeah it's a terrible name for that thing <laughs> but we all know what you're talking about I had I had one when I was younger because I found it like, for like two dollars at a gag shop and <laughs> really <laughs> I think I brought it to school Whoa. Uh, did I you know what? I, I have brought prop guns to school on several occasions. Um, when you're I, younger than me, it was just crazy. Yes. I, my entire life, that's been a very clear no-no. I mean, I feel like human history, that's been a, pretty much a no-no. Yeah. Um, sometimes it gets blurred as a no-no, guys. But uh, so I I went to um, my high school dance. It was a Halloween dance. And I dressed as Walter White from Breaking Bad. Whoa. And you brought a gun? Yeah, I, I kept it in my pocket because I was like, this will be fun as like part of the gag. And so I was, we walked, uh, my friend lived like in the, in the neighborhood next to the school. So we're like, oh, perfect. We'll, we'll meet up, we'll have snacks, we'll take pictures, and then we'll walk over to school. And uh, I have the, the fake gun in my pocket. My three friends are chimney sweeps. <laughs> and uh, we were walking like, it's like a little wooded path. We walk out of the path. We're about to step onto school property. And there's uh, a cop and he's like, Hey, uh, so like you guys drunk or whatever, like I need you guys to empty your pockets. Cause like, we can't have like, like drugs or alcohol going to the, uh, dance. And so I was smart and I didn't take the fake gun out of my pocket. Good. Good. Uh, But also, I don't know who this cop was (laughs) that he wasn't like, there's clearly stuff in your pocket still. Yeah. Maybe Uh, he was also in 
costume. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just some guy. It's like, I like to see what's in people's pockets. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that's how I got away with uh, bringing a fake gun to school. Nice. Guys, don't do it. Not good move. I mean, who knows if uh, we're recording this right before the news happens, but maybe uh, there will be plastic guns soon. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 I was just thinking since uh, we're recording this in 2018 in the summer, but next year is the like 20 year anniversary of Columbine. It's wild. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so, what progress have we made? Ah, <laughs> uh, I guess some. Uh, I'm not sure. I more awareness. Boy, yeah. this is a weird turn for the. <laughs> Very weird. Kid uh, flicks. We talk about kids movies. Where we where we talk misinformed about the gun debate. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see who. So, like, I mean, partly me speaking as a gay man, but I don't think Jess Jessica Rabbit is a weird character. What? <laughs> She's clearly the hottest cartoon female of all time (laughs) it's not even close i've had this debate multiple times in my life where it's like everyone was in full agreement like oh yeah she's clearly number one (laughs) like i mean well she uh the animators were told like whoever's doing character design like design the sexiest lady you can think of yeah and that is a weird direction for a kid's movie and like i know it's it's like a it's based off of a very adult text but i just i think her as a part of this, like it's, she's not even kind of like Betty Boopish where it's just like, okay, she's kind of, uh, like she's attractive, but like she, she doesn't have like the most bouncy body in the universe. Who Betty Boop you mean or? Oh, uh, Jessica Rabbit. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, her waist is out of this world. It's like, it's like, <laughs> because, because it's so small that it like is inverse and goes to an alternate dimension. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous, ridiculous. Because she also has this like long song in the strip club. Yep. Uh oh, is that a pun? I don't know. Maybe. Um, you know, it probably is. Uh, very sultry. Yes, she's very, like she grabbing very breathy voice, she's grabbing a collar. Yeah, yeah. Also, um, the hey, tall boy, <laughs> you're tall. <laughs> so Amy Irving was her singing voice, and she was credited, but Kathleen Turner voiced jessica rabbit and did not get noticed for some reason oh, that is weird she's not in the credits and uh this was said to have like it was 10 minutes long which like at the time was like the longest credit sequence ever that i believe yeah because yeah. like you said two years of just animators drawing you yeah. know <laughs> and it's not like it was one guy for two years you know it's a team of like 20 people yeah it's like pretty the, crazy. this almost has like as intense of a production schedule as like claymation because it's just it all has to be ready like it's like there's no real creativity when it actually comes to actually creating it it's just like we have to just do it you know what else took two years my new podcast yeah (laughs) yeah let's talk about it so (laughs) i legit have been this comes out on what day of the week it so uh, i believe you told me that your podcast came out yesterday on the fourth it comes out on the 5th. So this is the... F- my new podcast comes out on August 5th. So that uh, that is... The yeah. same day. Okay, so that was yesterday. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. So as of now... That's the craziest thing when t- recording podcasts. Like, let's I pretend know. that we're talking about it now. <laughs> I know, I know. But in any case, uh, out now is this podcast that me, Joe Messina, and Max Barth have been working on for t- two years. It's an- We're dropping 92 episodes at once. Jesus we will Christ. never do another episode. Uh, it is called California. Here we come. And it's a podcast where me and them boys and sometimes a guest watch the TV show, the OC. And the reason there's 92 episodes is that's how many episodes of that TV show there is. Yep. And what's cool about the show is that it's not one of these review shows where it's like, it's not like Gilmore guys where they watched an episode and then got together and talked. We, just hit record on the mics and then put on an episode of the OC. And so it's you, like a uh, like a commentary. It's like a track. DVD commentary track. It's where it's like uh, if you ever watch like uh, one of those reacts channels on YouTube, it's like that without the video. <laughs> but not terrible. <laughs> yeah, and not terrible. So and we do a countdown, so it's like you can press play on the OC with us, so that way you can sync up mm-hmm. the commentary. But yeah, that's that's kind of the situation. And uh, Max has seen the show before, but doesn't understand why he likes it. 
I never saw it before, so it's kind of like my journey of seeing the show. And Joe has seen it like five or six times. He's a super fan. He loves the show. He's like our historian. So if you were... Because like usually I'll watch like four episodes of a show before I call quits. If you hated... And no spoilers. Yeah. Um. So if you hated the OC yeah. four episodes in, you'd be like, well, I'm stuck with this for 90 more. Yeah, it would have been a super duper grind. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. The first season... So th- this is how it all came about. Max knew that Joe was a super fan and he's like, we should do a podcast about the OC. And I mean, the, they kind of worked out the idea and I'm friends with those guys. And I was already producing Joe's uh, podcast at the time, which I have given up because I just don't have time to do it. <laughs> but uh, I had already had all the equipment for full black laughs and stuff. So we just decided to record it in my home studio. And that kind of made me the de facto first guest. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed the initial episodes and the concept of the show so much that I became the third host. And then, like, it kind of tracked. Then we also agreed that, like, it was neat to have my reactions because I'd never seen it before. I did get one major thing spoiled for me, which kind of stunk. But Oh, that sucks. Yeah, but for the most part, there were a lot of moments in the show where it's, like, they were big cultural moments that I was clueless about. And it well, that, was fun to get me on, on well, tape. The, the only one that I can think of, it, and I, I've never seen an episode maybe your podcast will inspire me to finally give it a go but the, the whole uh dear sister thing that was dear parodied sister. on snl where yes. it's like say, yeah what you, it's, yeah mm, the, what the, you say um, yeah uh, a heap yes song yes. Mm, what you say. now it's funny i don't really watch snl so that was not spoiled for me so you get my raw reaction Whoa, okay. as if I you'd seen it when it got aired. So that was great. What? That's like a that's a finale, I assume. Season right? two finale, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, that was only season two. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why, but I thought And it is ridiculous. <laughs> I was crying laughing. It's so stupid. It's the worst music cue of all time. It's so funny. It's so yeah, because that that so the OC, that's kind of um that's on the, so that was like kind of the height of like these teen sitcoms. So like Degrassi and like listeners of kid flicks will know that i'm a huge like gilmore girls fan like that was right there too yep, it's like one tree hill it's all yeah. that kind of now i was so ignorant that i just thought it was a reality show like laguna beach or the hills but it's i a scripted, think i also thought that at one point as well but it's a scripted teen drama and the reason that we're putting it out on august 5th is that's the 15 year anniversary of the show so it came out oh okay it came out in 2003 and ran to 2004 or excuse me to 2007 i was gonna say like hold on (laughs) i knew it was four years that's what got me all whacked out so it's uh right in the heart of like the bush era of america (laughs) and it's just a neat it's neat because it's like it's easy to forget how like gaudy uh america was at that time you know like those were the years where it's like jay-z was putting out like songs like big pimpin and Mm -hmm. spending like a million dollars on a music video because it's you know it's like a tech boom there's no recession yet you know what i mean like uh, flip phones with rhinestones exactly exactly you know, like people got money for ringtones you know like yeah, there's yeah. just like a lot people of people paid money for ringtones <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so there is just a, a, a it's a we're hitting the right moment of nostalgia it is so it's funny because we've been in the 2000s for a while but you forget that the mid 2000s was like 10 15 years ago yeah no i mean it's um it's so fun watching stuff because i mean now they're we're getting to the point where there are movies being made about things that happened l- the last decade. So the yeah. big short, yeah, how, like you you watch and you and you realize the clothing now isn't too much different, but there are all these subtle things that are so much different. Just like how <laughs> yeah. everybody was so chill with everything being very ill fitting, and I I will <laughs> yeah, never yeah. understand that. Yeah, yeah, baggy everything. Yeah, yeah it's and, really funny like that. And how all of our attention spans are shit now like i mm-hmm. uh if i i have to like remind myself to like chill out if i'm like on my phone and something takes like a couple seconds <laughs> yeah. one time i waited i think 30 minutes for a flash game to load because like whoa we, well i mean i we had all we all had dial up internet this was yeah. before dsl that's fair i remember getting dsl and being like isn't that for like businesses <laughs> Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, I was I lived in a privileged house where we had a separate phone line for the internet. You know what I mean? Whoa! Oh so, my goodness! So people could talk on the phone, and you could take nine hours to uh to <laughs> to download a song on Napster. You know? Yeah. So. Oh. <laughs> See, I mean, we we were more of a we were a Frostwire household. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I remember one time uh, I got mad at my brother because so I I got a laptop because my uh high school my middle school didn't have um. 
uh, a computer lab. It was so small that so they were just like, here, like lease these laptops and do that. Mm-hmm. So I got really angry at him one day, and he was using my computer a lot, and he we would both download on Frostwire, but I just got mad at him. And I said that in front of my parents, like, at least I'm not downloading music illegally from the <laughs> internet. And my parents are like, I don't know what that is, but you should delete it right now. <laughs> and uh, now we all pay for streaming. So I guess the music industry won in the end. I know. That's what's like so funny about like, I, I even at the time, I'm like, Lars from Metallica, what a tool for like talking smack on napster you know but like that's the only reason i know who metallica is is from like all these different court appearances where you're like they're like trying to take our tenacity away from us or whatever <laughs> it's funny because it's like i i i like i love that band tool when i was growing up and they refused to be on spotify stuff because they're like we made the albums as like a collection so like you're supposed to listen to them like that. We don't like the people could just like bounce around. I'm, so, tra- I'm trying to think. I had a, po- a point there. Nah, I can't remember it now. Well, great. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. That's podcasting for you. Yep. Um, I, are there any, do you have any final thoughts on um, Roger Rabbit? Or are there, I'm trying to think if we missed any kind of big things. Um, It holds up. Like I've seen it recently. Not yeah. Right before this recording. So if you watch it as a kid, you're not going to have it ruined for you. If you watch it as an adult, uh, if you love the movie, definitely check out that Captain Christian uh, YouTube video essay. Just search Roger Rabbit and you'll probably find it. And it, I think the title has something to do with like the rules of animation or something like that. And um, yeah, Roger Rabbit, it's a fun time. It, I think we did a good job not spoiling everything. There are some good twists. Yeah. And there's some really fun. We did not talk about the villain at all. At all. <laughs> And there's some really cool, like, I really enjoy how Eddie Valiant, Valiant um, figures out how to take down the weasels. That yes. was re- I, as, even as a kid, I was like, that is really cool. You know? So, mm-hmm. that's oh, my yeah, final it's definitely thought. clever. So, um, so now let's go into rating it. So, um, unfortunately, I also do not have my uh, handy dandy spreadsheet with me. So, we are going to kind of approximate uh, where this movie falls on our scale but so uh brian so we rate everything here uh on a scale from zero to five you can be as minute as you would like with kind of decimal points and all that and we're gonna try to come up with a definitive uh numerical rating for this so uh, all right what are your thoughts i want to say five because it's literally my favorite movie and i think it is uh just a masterpiece technically but assuming nothing can be perfect Let's just give it a 4.9. 4.9, perfect. <laughs> yes, I mean, so I I, uh, I think I'm going to give this a little bit lower. I'm thinking, and look, uh, I, I it's still pretty high. I'm giving it a 3.896. Whoa! So, rounding it up, that's a 4, that's a B. I th- so maybe I was in a little bit of a pissy mood today. I'm not sure. But I, I found my it's it's very slow. The movie is kind of it, it's slow. And even though I really enjoyed it, I, th- I think like story wise itself, like if this was all animated or all live action, obviously it wouldn't really work. It really mm. thrives in the exact environment that it's in right now. Um, I don't know. I think so. What animated movies that you've reviewed on this podcast did you put higher than this movie? Uh, well, I don't have my handy dandy spreadsheet. So, um, have you given anything a four or better? Yes. What have you given? Um, oh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Uh, the Muppet movie is one of our, uh, highest reviewed. Uh, Paddington is still number one. I haven't seen Paddington. Oh, you have got to watch Paddington. Boy, oh boy. I'm going to veto the Muppet movie for sure. Oh, oh, (laughs) and this was Brian's only appearance on the podcast. Um, (laughs) But no, I so I feel like Lilo and Stitch. I feel like this is very close to Lilo and Stitch on the scale right now. So okay. our combined scores. So remember, it's not just my score. It's not just your score. It's how ours come uh. together. So uh, our collective score, we're giving uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit a four point three nine eight. I'll live with that. Yeah. I'll live with that. Okay. Okay. So yeah, that that puts it, I believe, um, around 
where uh like Lilo and Stitch was One Punch Man. I think this did better than One Punch Man. That's good. Uh, I never they, heard of that. Yeah, I heard uh, I did not hear of it until I guess Benny Feldman told me that that's what we were going to do. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean I think it's it's a very good movie. Definitely um it, it really jump started uh, a bunch of people's interest in animation and including my kind of uh uh, love for filmmaking and pursuing that in college um it's an it's a little frustrating because it's yet another movie about movies oh that's that's fair it does like have that, a la la land factor to that it. that i think that's kind of the biggest part for me that it's like it, it's it involves all this stuff like all these jokes about show business and like that kind of that kind of stuff, it w- it's fun in the movie because it's also like 1940s, which is a very different yeah, era. And it's it is literally cartoony. Yes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so they get away with some hack stuff. But yeah, uh, but but that's kind of what I I I think that is a pretty solid score. I would definitely watch this again. I will definitely be watching it with my uh, unborn children. Uh, <laughs> whoever you are, if you're listening, if you're my unborn child. <laughs> Uh, so that's so that's uh, that is Who Friend Roger Rabbit. Uh, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. So, thank you for having me. Uh, so once again, your uh, so your uh, podcast that came out, you dropped all episodes yesterday. That is called uh, California Here We Come Podcast. You can get it wherever you get podcasts, but we have a website chwcpodcast.com. California Here We Come was taken. Didn't want to spend a hundred grand for that, <laughs> so it's the acronym chwcpodcast.com and. Uh, we have just a lot of extra details up there. Like we, like any podcast, we have a little bit of an intro and an outro. If you really enjoy syncing up the podcast with the TV show and you want to just know right where to fast forward, we have all that info on the on the oh, podcast cool. or on the website. Yeah. So, uh, California Here We Come podcast, chwcpodcast.com. and you can hear from me regularly on Full Belly Laughs. You can find that wherever you listen to audio shows and fullbellylaughs.com. Yep, and uh, yeah, I've been on it a couple times. I uh, we will have our great debate in two weeks. It will be released. Uh, so just to get you a little bit hyped up, it is the debate uh, of the century, Oreos versus Chips Ahoy. It got weirdly, uh, we didn't yell at each other, but we were very much getting snappy and <laughs> trying to be like, oh, I see the, this hole in your, you were very much trying to poke uh, the holes in my argument. Which stance do I have? Eh, you'll have to listen to find out, even though I'm pretty sure I've mentioned my stance at some point before on the podcast. <laughs> Uh, but that is that is all for today. As always, uh, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts uh, at KidFlixPod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Please rate and review us on iTunes because uh, we only have a few. Give us some more. And uh, uh, thank you all. We will hear you next week. And go, go, Gadget and show. <laughs>